Hurts lost it for Smith. It's a touchdown. Devontae Smith. Welcome back to the Saturday Air Raid, part of the NFL Lab Network. I'm your host, John Roberts. And today with me, as always, my two good friends, Dan O'Connell and Brad Bolt. How are we, gentlemen? Excellent. The season's almost here. It's almost time, guys. We can, we're can. we almost ready for football to start. I cannot believe <laughs> Hall of Fame game is next week. The Hall of Fame game is next week. Oh, yes. it's true. And degenerates like me, yes, I will be having a bet on the Hall of Fame game. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just take the over-under. There could be a show about coming soon where you talk about it. That is true. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Dorian Thompson Roberts, Robertson uh, over... What am I going to go? Over passing yards. I might even go Strebler over rushing attempts as well. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but that's not what this show is about. As excited as we all are with training camp happening and all of that. Today, we're doing running backs. We're doing college running backs. We're looking at the draft ahead, the 2024 NFL draft. So draft eligible. Actually, that's a good point. We didn't actually discuss this. Now, um, Dan... Do yeah. you is, are all of your running backs that we're going to discuss today? Are they draft eligible? They are, yeah. Okay, I had I wondered that they were because, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, there's probably the top two backs in college aren't actually draft eligible next year. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, having said that, so let's let's just like with the, at the top of the show, Quinton Junkins. If he was in this class, would he be number one? I think so. I actually I think, think he's over Nicholas yeah. Singleton, and I think he's over every single one of the running backs in this class. Out of Ole Miss. I'm glad you said that because, for me, he was as well. I think that he's probably going to become one of these Zeke, uh, Saquon, Bijan types. We'll see how he goes this season. It all depends on this season, of course, and next season for him. He come out and put up over 1,500 yards as a yeah. Like, that's crazy numbers. He is nuts. Okay, so I just want to so hey, in a year from now, you'll look forward to us talking about Quinton <laughs> Junkins, but uh, that is not what we're talking about today. Today, we're going over our draft eligible 2024 college running backs that we're looking forward to the season. Um, I prefaced on the show last week when we were talking about quarterbacks that this might have been a shorter show. And then when I when I actually dug into all the film and all the tape on all these running backs, I'm not so sure about that anymore. There's a lot there. Like I've gone through probably eight fairly in-depth, mm. and there were so many more that I could have looked into, but I'm sure we'll, as the season goes on, we'll pick and choose a few more players to talk about as well. It feels like it feels like this draft class might be one of those ones where it's not a superstar studded draft, but it's one of those ones where you're going to look back in a few years' time and go, do you know what was a good running back class? was just solid pros. Yeah. was this one. Yeah. There's and a that- lot of guys that will fill a role for a team, but there's no sort of Bijan or Jameer Gibbs type. Mm. Yes, so I wanted, I was going to ask you about that because in my scouting from what I was doing, scouting, um, I I didn't sit, like I was saying, I didn't see any Zeke's or Bijan or Saquon types, but it did feel very 2017 to me a little bit where it was like a good sum of running backs to look at. How many of those will be NFL ready or, or you know, 
break through into the NFL, we'll see. But you know, the other really interesting thing about running backs that I think that we really need to uh, highlight is that these guys, they have a short shelf life, but they also, they, they sprout out of nowhere. They can come out of nowhere. Like I would not be surprised at all if um, the number one running back at the end of this college season, we don't even talk about today because they're just, they're not there. They might've been buried for whatever reason behind someone. You know, if you think about the Texas Longhorns, well, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, they're gone. So who's going to take over after them? Well, they've got that plan and they might be just as good as, you know, like another Roshan Johnson type. And we just, we haven't been able to see him yet. So I'm excited to dig into this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those ones that, like you said, we've got, you guys have a bigger list of guys than what I do. But like you said, at the end of the day, the one who could stand out from this, we might not speak about until halfway through the season. Yeah. I think that's what I like about this sometimes is you've got your guys who I reckon they're going to be really great. And then I'm not even focusing on these guys. And then come the end of the season, you're just, you're all over. You found your guy. Mm. He's my guy that I, I'm really excited to see in the NFL. So looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to revisiting this throughout the season so we can see where everyone ends up. And like you were saying with the quarterbacks last week, Brad, I am actually worried with these running backs that I'm going to be so tied to them already that I might not, like the season might continue on this season and the running backs that I thought were going to be really good might sort of take a step back, but I won't be able to get out of my mind what I've already seen from them. And I'm going to have to learn to just sort of to separate that. I think I have a hard time with that, with the running backs more so than the quarterbacks and more so than the receivers and that's why for me that's why when i look at my guys who i like looking into the draft i usually wait until halfway through the season as Mm. so i'll watch games as a fan and try not to take too many notes or take too much notice of certain guys but then when it gets to end of the season middle of the season that's when i try and start looking at some of these guys and go okay i want to look at their worst games then i want to look at their best games and I want to see where did they improve? What did they do that made their game so bad? Was it their fault? Was it, you know, look at all these different factors. So that's that's just how I've always had to do it because I find, as you said, you you pick a guy and you, right, that's my guy. I absolutely love him. And then come the end of the season, they've played terrible, but I can't get that bias out of my head. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to switch that mindset once you're so focused in on it. Mm, exactly. Now, if you're doing any scouting at the moment yourself, you might have noticed that um, a lot of people like to do their list five to one and ten to one. I, I'm not really into that with these guys. I like starting at one and then going down from there because I think it adds a little bit more intrigue and a little bit more ele- uh, element of, of suspense. A little bit. Having said that, I have seen like from other um, scouts and draft analysts that I've been doing some research on, it's like, it's all over the place. Like guys in there, one or two or three are not in my top five. And this is one of the things I love about scouting now and watching these guys is I won't sort of pay attention to any scouts or draft analysts. I'll go and do my own research. And then that way, when you actually see what other people's sort of like ones and twos and threes are, it is nice and reaffirming. Um, Cause there's, there's guys here that um, you know, like some, some um, scouts didn't even have in their like top 30 that I've got at number two and I'm like, Oh God, am I missing something? And then I go and listen to another thing. And then I'm like, Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> so yeah, just it's, th- really, it's really hard to nail down sort of the order that you think these guys should be ranked in, which I had yeah. an awful time trying to list them one yeah. to five. I gave up. I'm like, 
nothing. I'd just I'll put down what I think of them and then we'll go from there. But yeah, trying to rank them sort of one to five it was hard to find a favorite at this point in time. Awesome. Now we did have a really fantastic show or um last week on the quarterbacks. If you're interested, go back and watch that. I highly recommend that. If you are watching this, if you're watching that, like the video. That helps us a lot. And subscribe. We had a really good some really good numbers uh this week just gone. And I thought that this college um this college analysis might take a step back it didn't it was really interesting to see um and so same again with these running backs i'm very excited let's jump in so let's jump in at number one and dan i'd be interested to get your number one to start i think i changed about four times as i was doing it <laughs> yeah at number one <laughs> you look at someone like say travion henderson for example yeah before last year i think i would have had him pretty much locked in at number one for this class but then obviously last year he had his foot injury, he fractured his foot, which he tried to play through for a little bit. And then he had a torn ligament in his foot as well. Yeah. So you look at his take from last year and it's just, it wasn't that good. So you go back and compare to 2021. So you almost you, need to throw it out. Basically, yeah. So now it's what think, I've done. Right. What is he coming into this year like? He's going to be, well, you'd think he's going to be back to full fitness. So where is he going to sit now as far as where his tape looks at looks like? Is it going to be that 2021 season again? Or is he going to take a step back from that and sort of settle in between 2021 and 22? Mm -hmm. If he can get back to his 2021 form, I think he's got a really good chance to be the number one running back in this class. But we were saying off air, I think it's so team dependent this year of who ends up being that number one guy. Like at, last year, at quarterback or running back? or running back. Yeah, okay. Because last year we had Bijan Robinson. We all knew he was going to be the top back taken. Yeah. This year I think it depends what sort of what the team wants from their running back. Yeah. And we may not even see a running back taken in the first round this upcoming draft, like draft next year. Like they could teams could sit back and go, okay, what are we looking at from the running backs here? Do we want one in the first round? I think there's a high chance that we may not even get one sitting in the first round. But I don't think we'll get one as high as we did, or we won't get one as high as we did this year. But even with Jamie, do you think? Because oh. like think of what like I was saying at the top of the show, I I compared this class more in line with 2017, and in that class, even though none of us think Leonard Fournette is what these other guys were he's he went what number four number four yeah and then christian mccaffrey went number ten eight, eight, eight yeah who was eight yeah and then it just like kept going from there nick chubb was a high second round pick like i wouldn't be surprised if, if it ends even though no one is Bijan who went eight but because of that i wouldn't be surprised if a team sort of like snuck up although i think we've learned a lot as a as an nfl um industry since 2017 well my question my question is so i just look back so not the draft that's just gone but the draft before that the 2022 draft if okay i'll read out the first two running backs who were taken in the 2022 draft were Brees hall at number 36 was he the first one he was the first one at 36 so second round and then kenneth walker went at pick 41 so 2021, we had no running backs in the first round. Uh, 2022, sorry, we had no mm. running backs in the first round. Yeah. So do you think that anyone in this class is on that same level as a Brees Hall or a Kenneth Walker? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely I definitely do, but I, I understand what Dan's saying maybe more about supply and demand, potentially. Um, this this is all like a long-winded way. I, 
Uh, Dan, I'm going to hazard a guess that Travion Henderson is not your number one <laughs> after no, all the Travion I, Henderson talk that we're talking about. Like I said, I couldn't rank him one to five or whatever. I just couldn't yeah, do it. I think that's fair. I think it just chopped and changed way too much. And at this point in time, before we go into this season, for me personally, I just didn't want to sit him like he's one, he's two, whatever. I've just got him in a group and then mm-hmm. whoever comes out of it from there as the season goes on, I think I'll start to rank him more as I get to the end of the season. Okay, so so, who, so loosely, who's your number one guy that you're looking at the most? I'll say Travion Henderson because I want to see okay, his cool. 2021 you. form. Yeah, and you look at what he did. He's so you look at he's coming off the obviously injury with his foot and the torn ligaments, but before that, he had really good speed, really good burst. That short area quickness of his was elite. So can he get back to that after his foot heals up and he goes through the preseason coming straight away into the season? Can he get back to that sort of form straight away? Or is it going to take a little bit of time to build up to it? Because if it takes a little bit of time to build up to it, we'll talk about the other running back at Ohio State a bit later yeah, on. Sure. sure. Does he then have to end up taking a step back in that offense, which will then, I guess, skew his sort of draft capital as well? But so I'm keen to see him, how he comes out to start the season. He's a solid receiver, but at Ohio State, they didn't really use their running backs in the receiving game much. Yeah, Stroud keeps his eyes downfield. Yeah, and you look at the receivers they've got, they don't need to use the running backs in the short passing game. So there was no need for him there. It'll be interesting to see this year without CJ Stroud there, Mm. if that picks up a little bit for the running backs in the receiving game. Yeah. And then I guess I'm looking for him to be a bit more evasive this year. He tended to just run into people and try and overpower them a little bit instead yeah. of trying to evade them, which I think he should be doing more of. So I'm interested to see where he settles in this year and what sort of form he's back to as well because if he has a big season that we know that he's capable of, I think he can easily put himself as top of the list for the running backs. Does, yeah. does um, his foot injury, does does that concern you? Because to me, a running back with foot like lower lower leg injuries is always a worry for me. I don't care whether it's a high ankle sprain, an Achilles, broken foot, whatever. Just any time I hear a running back who needs to use his feet <laughs> to that's his job, it, it always concerns me the same way that a quarterback who has a shoulder injury always concerns me. Does that have any issues for either of you guys? Like, John, does that concern you with Travion? Uh, Achilles concerns me. Um, hi, Liz Frank concerns me as well. And high ankle sprain um, less so. There's almost like tears of foot injuries that concern me. What Travion Anderson was experiencing doesn't as much because I think one of them was just a broken foot, right? Yeah, he fractured a bone in his foot. Yeah, a clean break. I'm not worried about those people. You know, um, players can come back fairly, um, fairly like in less than a year. It's not like a ligament tear. So, um, I'm not too concerned about it myself. Plus, they're really young. I guess, I guess, and that's where this season will, will prove it. Like, it's just for me when I hear running back, broken foot, torn ligament. To me, that's a that's usually like a sign for me to go. Yeah, not sure if not sure if I'm too keen on that as of right now. So that's where, like you said earlier, Dan, that's where this season's take will will become um, relevant to see whether he can recapture the form from before the foot injury or not. 
Yeah, I think doing it last year as opposed to this year going into the draft is massive for him. He can get back to that sort of form and he'll be able to show on tape that he's back to that as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes this year. Uh, Dan, I'm glad you said Travion Henderson because he's also my number one as well. 5'10", 210 pounds, I think is a really good size, but he's fast and he's explosive. He gets on angles. He uses his hips really well in speed. Um, I actually struggled, unlike the other running backs, I really struggled with a comp for him. I sort of felt like he was, and this might sound very strange because these are two very different running backs, but somewhere between like Miles Sanders and Travis Etienne, sort of, like he can sort of, he's 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 small, he's elusive, but he's quick, but he's big enough Um at under six foot, unlike some of these other guys that we can talk about who are a bit bigger. Um, like you were saying, injured last season, and even when he played, it wasn't the most outstanding tape. But if you look at his 2021 tape, it is awesome. Um, came out as a freshman, went 1248 uh rushing yards and 15 touchdowns on 183 attempts. He was 6.8 yards a carry. Um, yards per carry, I find when I'm talking about NFL players, I kind of don't really pay any attention to. But in college, I don't mind yards per carry as a stat because it really helps you sort of separate who are the best from the pack as long as you have a sort of like a, a minimum attempts to work through. Because the thing about these dominant running backs in the NFL is they usually dominated in college. And a way to see how they, well they dominated is with yards per carry because they'll run over defenses. Um 27, yeah, and then the next year only 27 rushing attempts for 312 rushing yards uh, and four. Sorry, no, that's his receptions. Receptions were 27 catches, 312 and four. Um, Like you were saying, Dan, didn't do a lot of pass catching, but again, it's just like CJ Stroud just never required it. Um, Justin Fields, I don't, did they play together, Justin Fields and Travion Henderson? I don't think so. No, they wouldn't have done. Nah. Um, but he does have really good hands. Like you see some of his catches out of the backfield when he sort of spreads out and then runs sort of like a uh, go route and then um, he sort of becomes a receiver. Really, really good hands. And one of my other notes about his hands that really stood out to me as opposed to other running backs is he's not afraid of what's waiting for him on the other side. And what I mean by that is he's not afraid to run out of the backfield get to the line of scrimmage or five yards beyond, turn around, grab the ball, and then instantly like dip his shoulder and start running downfield again. If there's a defender there, he doesn't care. He's going to run through them. If there's not, he'll go. So there better be someone there was my main notes on Travian Henderson. He might not be number one at the end of the season. Um, I think quarterback might play a factor in his ability to perform, but for now, uh, he is my number one. Brad, did you have any thoughts on Travion Henderson? Uh, Just like I said, I haven't watched a lot of his him yet but like I said it's and this is where I will this is where the way that I look at some of the guys I think comes in handy because you know his 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 freshman tape where he did so well I don't know to me sometimes that seems a little bit irrelevant because of the injury if that makes sense so like Mm. how you guys threw out last year's tape because of the injury yeah I would also do that for the previous for the the year like his freshman year as well because like I Maybe I wouldn't throw it out. I'll use that as like a reference point, so to speak. So when I'll go and watch him after a few games this year, I'll watch a couple of his games from this year and then I'll go back and watch the 2021 tape, Mm. you know, one of his games and try and go, is that burst still there? Is that, you know, everything that he did so well in 2021, is that still there or 2022? Is, Is that still there now or is that... 
is he now a different type of runner? So mm. If you get what I mean. So, like, I'll, I'll try and more so utilise that 2021 film as, like, a reference point to see if he's a different runner now than where he was back then because of the Yeah, injury. I think with the foot injury, does he come in and be more hesitant behind the line of scrimmage before he gets yeah. gaps? Yeah, th- things like that would be, for me, like, you know, you see some guys who you know they they might have not necessarily even significant injuries but you see sometimes the guys who have the significant injuries like the acls and things like that prior to the acls they see the open hole they hit it and bam they're gone they have the injury now all of a sudden that where they see that that crease where they would hit hit the gap and go now sometimes there's that just that half a second hesitation and that gap closes up because of the the linebackers or the defensive ends crashing down and moving the guards and the tackles and things like that and then it's you know it could have prior to the injury it was a 12 yard gain and now because after the injury that slight hesitation is a two yard loss yeah so yeah i'll just i'll just be more so looking to see how he does after a couple of games and then go back and use the his freshman tape as a reference point for sure brad did you have anyone in particular at number one or are you happy with what we've no got? i didn't I, I didn't because, um, like I said, I haven't really looked as much yeah. into these guys as you. But I do have, I do have him as a guy who, I guess, if we go like off or, off of our quarterback show last week, he's one of these guys that I do want to watch. Who will be mm. quite high on my list because of that reasoning. Like he had such a good freshman season. Now I want to see. He'll be quite high on my list of wanting to see because I want to see how he bounces back after the injury for sure. All right, Dan, let's jump into your number two guy that you're looking at. I think for me, you look at someone like a Blake Corum at yep. number two. And again, he's another one coming off an injury. But before his injury, he was probably classed as one of the number one, like, probably the number one back in this class before that injury. And it probably happened at the worst time possible for him because I'm not sure if he didn't get injured, he wouldn't have come back for this season. I thought think he might have entered the NFL draft. Yeah, I think and so. Now coming back for his senior season off that pretty decent injury it's i don't know how much it's going to hurt his draft capital but i think he can have a massive season and hopefully keep himself up in that sort of i think day two range for him whether it's the back end of the second or early day early third for him yeah i think but i really love what i watch with him he's so much fun to watch he's tight like he's small he's five foot eight 210 pounds but he's just strong do you even, I, I had him at 200, 200 flat. 200, I've had him listed 210, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Michigan, I'm just looking now, Michigan's website has him listed at 210. Okay, yeah. that must have updated. I'm looking at um, sports reference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, 5'8", 210. It's, a, it's not a bad size, especially with the way he's, like, he's built. He's not a slim 210 at that size. Like, he's a nuggety sort of running back. But when you watch him play, he's got amazing vision, amazing patience behind that offensive line. Yeah. And the Michigan offensive line is one of the better ones in the country. And you watch him, you just watch his patience behind there, and it's just good to watch him see the gap, wait for it to open up, and then go straight for it. Yeah. So there's no wasted movement with him. He doesn't dance behind the line of scrimmage. He's he's known where he wants to go, and then he can see it open up in different ways as well. So as soon as he sees that hole open up, he's straight to it. And then you, what he can, he's elusive. He's got amazing uh, change of direction as well. And he's got a pretty awesome jump cut that he utilizes that's pretty devastating as well. So he's got all the moves that you want from a running back. And especially at that size, being able to move that way, he's tough to bring down. And he's not easy to tackle either. Like he's not easy to wrap up. So 
he's going to be very good to watch this year. I'm hoping he comes back completely fine. He's I've seen a couple of little interviews with him. He says he's almost back to 100% now, pretty much ready to go. I don't think there'll be any sort of holding back with him this year. So I think we'll see the best out of him this year now coming out, which is good for him. I think it'd be interesting to see if they use him in the receiving game as well. I think he had 24 receptions in 2021. I think he dropped down to 11 or something last year. Uh, yeah, I just had it up. He did have 11 receptions 11, last yeah. season and 24 the season before yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So he's been used. Like You look at that 24 receptions, that was to a game that he got in 2021. So he has shown he has that to his game. So can he be a three-down back in the NFL or do they just use him as a third-down back and then spell their main running back on first and second down? How are they going to use him? I'm not sure. But again, I think that comes down to the team that ends up drafting him. So mm. there's a lot to like about him. He's just a solid running back, does a lot of everything really well. Yeah, see, it's funny. My, uh, I guess my strengths for him, Dan, you've covered already. I had great vision, uh, awesome change of direction and great patience behind the line. So he set, sets up his blocks. The only real concerns that I had were, you know, yeah, his size and his frame, 5'8", 210, you know. How would that hold up in in the NFL? The, from I haven't seen a lot of his tape, but from the ones that I was, I was just curious about how his effectiveness will be in short yardage situations, mm. which is why for me he, I would actually see him more so being maybe a first and second down back in the NFL as opposed to a third down back because to me the best prototypical third down back that you want now is um, Jamal Williams can get the short yardage situations, can catch if you need, but, you know, those tough yards, that's what you want for him to get. Mm. So they were my sort of concerns for him. But I was like, you're talking about like him being drafted to a per, like to a team that works. You know, to me, that would be, you know, a team like actually sort of t- depends on how um, their undrafted rookie free agent that they signed this year, but he would be a good pairing, I'd think, in Tampa Bay with Rashad White. Oh, yeah, and you're talking about, um, is it Scott? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, to me, it depends on how he does, but to me, they would seem like a great sort of one-two sort of, you know, grouping because Rashad White's really so good in the the passing game. Is that because you can see him in a Tampa Bay uniform and it's, like, reminiscent of, like, Doug Martin or something? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I was sort of trying to think just in the top, off the top of my head, like where it would sort of make sense. And you sort of start going through the teams in in the NFL at the moment. Like you go through the East and Miami's got 37 running backs, so you're not going to be with the Dolphins. Patriots have Ramondre and he's, he's the guy that you want really out there as a three-down back. I mean, the only other place I guess you could see him, but everyone likes the backup, maybe Pittsburgh, but everyone seems to like Jalen Warren. But then, you know, him and Najee together, what's that sort of... I'm not sure if that's a real change of pace back when you have both of them there sort of thing. So, you know, you start looking at some of the teams that are around and for a guy who I'm not 100% convinced maybe is a third down back, I feel like he's more of the first or second down. But like I said, it's if his receptions per game picks up again this year, you know, that might change my mind as to where he might fit in. And then, you know, if that do- if that does happen and he becomes more of a pass catching back this year, who wouldn't want to see him in LA with um, Austin Eckler? Well, that'd be interesting too. Yeah, that'd be a funny combination. Austin Eckler's still going to be there next year. Well, that's that's the thing too. Like if Austin Eckler moves on, 
you know, and he can improve his his uh, pass catching. I mean, you've got uh, it's just you know you sort of when, once you start looking around at running backs, it gets a little bit harder to try and figure out where some of these guys might go which might also lead to the earlier point we had about maybe them not making it in the first round. I I struggled with Blake Corum, to be honest. Um, and I know that everyone's really high on him and I might change my tune. And I kind of am already now that you're telling me he's 210 instead of 200. Um, but honestly, I think Blake Corum has a Donovan Edwards issue there in Michigan. We may as well talk about both Michigan running backs, I think, at this point as well. Um, Blake Corum, to me... So right now he's not a, he's not in my top five of this exercise, but in a vacuum. See, this is the weird thing: in a vacuum where we're just we're looking, we're judging um, the running backs this season coming. Then he would be he'd probably be two or three for me. But I I'm interested to see how this translates to the NFL. I kind of comped him um, to like a smaller kind of James Connor type. Runs very low to the ground gets around guys. I think people are going to say, I think a lot of people are going to comp him to Darren Sproles and I don't see him that way as Darren Sproles. Um, I see him, I'm not saying he's Boston Scott, but I'd actually say, I'd say he's closer to Boston Scott than he is Darren Sproles. Um, Even what you were saying, um, even what I was just saying, like Doug Martin might even be, uh, maybe like college Doug Martin might even be a good comp for him. Um, My notes for him were great acceleration, but he's going to need it at his size because for every three or four steps that he's taking, the defender's taking two. Um, when he goes to jump over guys, which he likes to do a lot, uh, he might get as high as like their shoulders. So he can't actually jump over people, even though he tries to. Um, 1,400 yards was, was impressive and 18 touchdowns was awesome. But yeah, only the 80, the 80 receiving yards. And I think that that's a scheme thing. And like I was joking about, about it with you the other day in our group chat but uh honestly with jj mccarthy blake corum and donovan edwards there they're like they're all small they're all thin there's no like prototypical nfl body type there to really like compare them so you look at them and you're like oh yeah they they look normal they look like the right size but in reality it's only because that backfield they're all the same size so um I like what you said about day two running back is how I kind of see him as well. I think I think he's, if he can have a really good season this year, um, I think teams will get excited about him. I can see teams getting excited about him. But for my mind, if I'm drafting him in fantasy, he, he's just not my he's not my prototypical running back that I ever touch. He'll end up, I've just figured out the team, he'll end up on the Las Vegas Raiders if they don't re-sign Josh Jacobs and Josh Jacob goes. Yeah. That's where that's where he'll end up. Because to me, he sort of you mentioned Doug Martin, you know, some of the to me, he sort of fits that Josh McDaniels mold of, you know, you look at the way that the Patriots had their running backs for all those years when McDaniels was there. They had the running, like the running running back, and they yeah. had the pass catching running back. Yeah, specific roles. Ja- you know, right. James White. The pass catching back, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, the running, running back. You know what I mean? Like Lawrence yeah. Maroney, like all those sorts of guys. So to me, Blake, like Blake Corum probably seems like he might be a Las Vegas Raider. Even if they don't, even if they do keep Josh Jacobs around, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as one of these guys that they bring in. But yeah, interesting, interesting sort of thought process behind these guys as to where they might end up come the draft because like you said 
I, I mean, from some of the guys that I've seen so far, and granted, I like I said, I haven't seen as many of you guys. I don't see any of these guys on that same level as like a, a Brees Hall and a um, Kenneth yeah. Walker who went early in the second round. So I don't, I'm not seeing one of these guys go late first round like a CEH did in 2020 or anything like that. To me, they all sort of seem like maybe even in that 2020 draft because you think back of there they had DeAndre Swift was an early second rounder Jonathan Taylor was an early second rounder like I could see maybe early second round as high as some of these guys go yeah and I think for my part just lastly on Blake Corum is like he's he's not I'm not saying he's Michael Carter at all on the Jets but if he had a Michael Carter type draft type career you know there's flashes. It's exciting. He catch, catches a few passes, but other than that, he's not really anything on the team. Like, I don't think I'd be too surprised of that um, is kind of where I have him as well. Having said that, like, let's see what happens to him this season. He might be awesome and he might, you know, be the second coming of uh, trying to think like small running backs drafted in the first round. I, the only one I can think of is like Josh Jacobs, but uh, <laughs> even then, he, I think he was a bit bigger. He's not small, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let, I'll skip over my two for now while we're talking about Michigan running backs and go to my number three because that was Donovan Edwards. And like we were saying, I think while everyone's talking about Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards is the one that I want more than anyone. Um, similar. So he's six foot. He's 205. I've got a little set out here. He might be a bit bigger though, but also on film, like he looks bigger. He looks bigger than what his measurements are. He looks bigger than JJ McCarthy next to him. Um, I think he's got great vision. I think he's got great hands as well. And so my comp for Donovan Edwards was like a Matt Breeder type I had here. He, I think he's faster than Blake Corum. I think he's more explosive. He's, but like even not interested trying to compare the two who are in the system, he's explosive in his own right. Um, he had four – this was actually really cool. He had four rushes of over 60 yards, which – uh, was tied first in FBS in all of college football. Um, he had also across his two seasons from 57 catches, he only dropped one pass. Um, so for me, he's got good hands. He's got good vision. He's explosive. He's kind of like a more of a size and a build that I would go for. I'm really looking forward to him. And again, like I was saying, in this Michigan system where these two running backs can thrive because they're not putting too much on J.J. McCarthy to move the offense, this is where I get really excited because I think it's going to be one of these situations where both running backs are really good. And I've seen from a lot of scouts and draft analysts that like a lot of people have both of them in their top five as well. Um I don't personally, but I, I can definitely see it. He had some really good games last year, last year, even towards the end of the season. It started to look like uh, Michigan were using Blake Corum less, and I don't know if it was the injury, but they started using Donovan Edwards way more. Um, you look at against Ohio State, 22 attempts, 216 yards, two touchdowns, um, as well as the next week against Purdue, he had 25 attempts, 185 um, rushing yards and one touchdown. And then, oh, sorry, that was in the bowl game. And then against TCU in the um, the championship, uh, sorry, before the championship, 23 attempts, 119 yards. So they started to use him more and he is really effective when they do 7.1 yards per carry last season. I thought he was awesome. And he just, I think he, like visually for me, he looks awesome as well. Be interested to see what you guys thought of Donovan Edwards. Well, I, my my couple notes. I've only got a couple, so then Dan might be able to extrapolate from there. But I had that. I thought he was, I guess, what you'd call like a natural playmaker. You just want to get the ball in his hand yeah. somehow. So yeah, he ran ran a cool. lot of 
ran a lot of like sweeps and things like that. Like, so to me, he's that guy. You just got to you, you call it. You call him a running back, but to me, sort of just like that offensive weapon type. Like, just get yeah. him the ball somehow and just try and let him create. I had that he was. I had, I had it that he was more quicker than fast. Mm-hmm. If that, yeah. Like so, he's got he's got some explosiveness to get to the edge, but not enough to be like a huge home run hitter in the NFL. Was my sort of thinking. Like when you get to you know to to me, sort of thinking like a, a home run hitter type of guy with speed is like a, a one of my favorites to come back to is like Raheem Mostert. Mm. Raheem Mostert, if he hits that hole, no one's catching him. Like if he gets that open field, no one's catching Raheem Mostert at top speed. And I think actually the last couple of years he's actually been clocked by next gen stats as the fastest running back or fastest player in the NFL, actually, I think. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to say, like, he'll, like, break the game open with his speed. No. Um, I was more just trying to say, like, he he does have that quickness and that agility, that acceleration. acceleration yeah, and, and that's that's where I think, like, that's why I had, like, more quicker than fast because I think he's actually got that explosiveness to get out to the edge probably before, like, a linebacker or someone can. Mm. And he could I, – I feel like he's going to be that guy who has the – I might be able to get you a 20 run, twenty yard run or a 30 yard run, but that then I'm going to be brought down from behind sort of thing. Like, you know, it's, there's not going to be able to break that, break that um, contain on the edge, get around and suddenly he's gone for a 60 or a 70 yard run. Just on that, if it makes you feel any better, Brad, he did lead the, the whole of college last season in um, runs of 50 plus yards. Yeah, but see, I, I think so. I think in college, yes, but it's more so trying to project him to the next level because I mm. sort of feel like, you know, if he ends up in a team and he's playing against the Seahawks, like Tariq Woolen's going to run him down from the other side of the field. Sure. Like, yeah, so you, I just think like NFL speed is a lot different than college speed. So yeah. I feel like he's going to be able to break off some big runs, but not to the not to be that, you know, you sort of think of like even last year we've mentioned him already but josh jacobs in that vegas game where he broke off that run and ran 75 yards for a touchdown and no one got near him yeah don't remind me (laughs) that was one of the like lowlights of my entire season last (laughs) year is that run that one run but i don't know whether um uh Donovan Edwards is going to be able to do that at the next level. I think he would be one of those guys. He'll break that run, but he'll be brought down around midfield sort of thing. Yeah, I think so as well. Because I had him as he's got good speed. It's not great. It looks good behind that Michigan offensive line a lot more than it will look good in the NFL, I think. And I actually really struggled with Donovan Edwards looking at him. I thought I was going to like him a lot more than what I ended up liking him now. Mm. For his size... I had him at six foot two oh two. For his size, he doesn't show a lot of elusiveness for mine. I think he's very easy to get wrapped up. And if he doesn't have a clear lane that he's just charging towards, he doesn't sort of I don't think he creates enough for mine before he gets wrapped up. Like a lot of his big runs against Ohio State, he had that two hundred plus game, but two of those runs were both eighty plus yards. Yeah. And when you watch those plays, it was basically just see the hole, go to the hole, and he's gone. He didn't have to do a lot for it. And I think, I I think still, like, the type of school that Ohio State is, like, even against Penn State in week five, 173 yards, like, those are two very, very, very good teams to do that on. But I know what you mean about the offensive line. It's against them, yeah. yeah. It's a positive. But I don't know. I just In a lot of his other tape, I just didn't see enough from him to like him sort of thing, to put him up in that top sort of four, maybe even five for me. I just For his size, I don't think it was shifty enough for mine. 
I think he tried to play too much like a bit of a power back that I found. I just, I don't know, it's hard to judge him at the moment for me, I think. I'm going to have to watch him a lot more this year. And that's kind of why my comp for him was like Matt Breeder is what I was trying to, like when Matt Breeder was on the 49ers, I was thinking of that Thursday night game against the Browns where he went for two explosive runs for touchdowns and he would do that. He would see the hole. I, and that's why I, was, I think, I think I know what you're saying about the offensive line is creating lanes for him, but I think he's got good vision. And I think when he hits it, when he sees what he wants, he, he hits goes, it and then so, he gets yeah. through it. Yeah. That's yeah. But that's what I love about him. I think that's a great quality. It's definitely a massive positive for him. So, and he needs that at the next level. So, and then like you said, the receiving game, he's a really good receiver. It doesn't show up in the stat book, but you watch the routes he's running. He's running a lot of routes out there and it's just not, the passes aren't going to him, but mm. He's got the ability to be a really good receiver at the next level as well, which I think is a massive positive for him, obviously. So he's got that to his game. Like Brad said, he's going to get, he's not going to be a burner. He's got a, enough speed, but not too much. So I don't know. I just, I struggled with how I thought about him more mm-hmm. than I thought I would. So what John's trying to say is because he's Matt Breeder, he's going to be drafted next year in the third round by Kyle Shanahan and annoy every fantasy <laughs> owner when he doesn't get it. I was thinking, like, if he can replace Elijah Mitchell, I'd be stoked with that. I think he'd be awesome in the Shanahan system. And I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> That'd be good fun, actually, yeah. Or, or you know, Matt LaFleur might take him in Green Bay to really pair, you know, have the have him, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones all together. It'll be a three-headed monster. Yeah. I'm going to have to take back what I said about him, aren't I? I love him. He's so good. <laughs> no, but you can because this is the thing is we can watch the season ahead and then you can be like, oh, yeah, no, I was just reserving judgment. Yeah. As we know. always do. We have Didn't to go too much overboard yet. You yeah. say no. You say what you'd say is you're like I was trying to talk him down because I was so excited to get him, but I was trying not to get my expectations <laughs> because we didn't under control. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's so funny you say that. Just a quick side note before we continue is I've got so I've got my dynasty draft next week. I've got guys that I'm really targeting who are late and I feel like I can't talk about them on our shows because <laughs> like my friends will listen and, and score them. So I'm like, once this draft yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. I will be Pandora's box. I will give all of my knowledge and all of my information, but I am holding back just a little bit. So if anyone's in John's dynasty league, he's going Clayton tune round one. He is yes. going AT Perry in round two. Yes, yes, he yes. Is going. Oh, what? Sorry. Sorry, forget that. I've just ruined your strategy, yeah. John. Sorry, no, but, but you don't understand, Brad. I control the show. I can do. I can just yeah, edit. You, can, you can edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's jump to my number two now, um, which I was kind of nervous to talk about because I didn't see his name anywhere, and that is Trey Benson out of Florida State. And I'm just going to preface by saying I didn't see see him in some people's top thirty overall. Um, but then I was listening to NFL Stock Exchange in the recent episode that they did, and then they had him at number two or even number one. I think Trevor Sigma had him number one. So then I was like, okay, cool. I'm not crazy, which again, is this? Uh, it's a nice bit of gratification when you can scout these guys, you can order them, and then you can be like, oh, yeah, I was right. I like my what I think aligns with what other people think, as opposed to um, sometimes you'll see a guy and you're like, yeah, this guy could really be something. He could really be something. Um, I'm thinking back to a few years ago, or actually it's probably like five years ago now. Do you guys remember Booby James Williams? No, no that's fine because no. he he signed to a team. He was an undrafted free agent, signed to a team, and then just was never anything. But there was a little bit of chatter him in the um, Twitter sphere for a little bit. We all wanted him to become something he didn't. Anyway, 
that's not this guy, Trey Benson. So out of Florida State, he's going to be playing with uh, alongside Jordan Travis. And I think the combination of Jordan Travis and Trey Benson is going to be unreal this season. I would not be surprised if Florida State becomes a top 10 team. I would not be surprised if they become a top five team. I think that these guys are going to be this good. My notes for Trey Benson. Um, so, so look, so he is 6'1, 211 pounds. I've got him at, which is really, really good size and speed. He did come from Oregon initially, where he didn't get much work, he didn't get much production. And then he played one season last year at Florida State. He only had 154 attempts for 990 yards. He did have 13 catches for 144 yards, and he had nine rushing touchdowns as well. But I think one of the issues that Trey Benson has is he's got a Jordan Travis problem essentially is because Jordan Travis is running the ball and scrambling so much that Trey Benson isn't getting the work that he needs but when he does I think he's awesome um so my notes here not a, not a lot of a ton of production um but he yeah it could just be because of Jordan Travis um he bounces off humans he breaks tackles at such a rate that I love and break, broken tackle rate is one of my favorite stats to measure running backs by I think is really elusive he has a lot of elusiveness he is patient behind the line I know we we're just talking about Blake Corum, but this is like a different kind of patient behind the line. I comped it to Le'Veon Bell at Michigan State, not Le'Ve- Le'Veon Bell at Pittsburgh, if that makes sense. So kind of like pre before Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell was Le'Veon Bell. My actual comp for him yeah. that I had was uh, Devin Singletary uh, on the Bills, where it's like, you know, he like he's, he's not, he'll try to bowl over people. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. Uh, but he'll always give it a go. He'll try and dodge. He'll he'll give it like all of his energy. Um, and I think that he's in line. It's just it's going to depend entirely on Jordan Travis. But I think the two of these guys are going to be really really good. He's my number two. I would not be surprised if he sort of comes out and goes at early round two pick in the NFL draft for my liking. Any thoughts on Trey Benson? Do you want to go, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I had the. Um, I thought he was explosive, you know, elusive in the open field. I'm a big fan of. I thought he too. He seems like a to me. He seems like a very scheme versatile type of running back because, like you said, John, like he's he's got Jordan Travis there who runs a lot, so they can run that that RPO sort of game when he gets to the next level. But he also seems like a guy who. To me, you could almost drop him on nearly any team, and mm-hmm. he'll do well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you've always got those type of running backs who can do that. But I I think he's actually one of them, like really high IQ. Only things that I was sort of um, concerned about, and what I'll be looking for this year is, I, I think he needs to improve his pass protection that little bit because sometimes mm-hmm. that can see these people, so these guys end up as three down backs and things like that. Like some of this little stuff, it, it, it I want to see it improve because you clean that up and you can go from, you know, like you were saying, a, a mid to early second round pick and you might find yourself up in the back end of the first round because of it and become almost like a franchise type of guy. But it was that. I wasn't a big fan of his um, uh, running in, in short yardage situations. Like I think he can improve on that. But as you said, John, that sort of back to your comp, like he tries to bowl people over and can't really do it. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes. So, yeah. And and I think, too, that might also have to do, you know, he, he just runs. Sometimes he runs a bit high, like his pad level is a bit high, if that makes Like he just sort of seems a bit. He's you know, he a bit likes, of an upright runner. Yeah. 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 He's, and it just sort of makes him that little bit, you know, 
harder to to tackle or sorry a bit easier to tackle which can eliminate some of those issues of short yardage and things like that but just yeah. watching just watching him my sort of player comps that i had were just more so based off his running style and who it just reminded me of and the two current players it reminds me of and one was tyler algier mm-hmm. yeah just the running style just reminded me of him the other was a skinnier faster version of deontay foreman yeah really <laughs> yeah like i interesting I mean, I watched Deontay Foreman like last year with the Panthers. And I think if you actually go back and you watch some of Deontay Foreman's running, like, and, and then you put Trey Benson next to each other, their running styles are actually very similar. Yeah. And I mean, Deontay Foreman's a, a bigger bruiser and is a guy who um, excels in that short yardage. But then I, the couple past players who he reminded me of were Jay Ajayi. And actually, Ronnie Brown, like they all have very mm. similar sort of running style. So to me, I, I quite like him. Um, I, he wasn't really on my um, watch list until you mentioned something the other day about it, John. And after yeah. watching some of his stuff, I was actually like, I actually kind of like him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying about that. And that I guess that's also what I meant by saying Le'Veon Bell is like, you know, do you remember how Le'Veon Bell would get the ball and he'd sort of stand there and but he would be like sort of upright because he's sort of like looking where he wants to go and then he'd hit it yeah, and that's yeah. what i meant so like i didn't mind his short yardage he doesn't do it quite to the extent that bell does and no one no running back will ever and might not ever again but i sort of felt like the the somewhere between devin singletary and um i think you can like you can with tyler Algier is a great one as well where it's sort of like gets up has a look around and then sort of like hits it yeah, I don't think he's going to be a guy who it's fourth down in a playoff game and you need, three, you know, two and a half yards to try and keep a drive alive and either win the game or ice the game. He, I don't think he's going to be that guy at the moment. And that's where, for me, I'd like to see how he does this year and if he can improve and if he can actually work on that a little bit more to try and become that guy. Because... Like I said, I don't see him at the moment as a three-down back in that situation. He sort of seems like a he would go to a team who, and to me, like Deontay Foreman is that perfect guy for that type of role, and that's why you know I, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the on the Bears this year to see what he does. But he seems like that kind of guy who I need to get these hard yards. I can do that. I like Trey Benson. I just want to see him improve on it this year and see if he can actually become that type of guy or if he's just going to be a first, second down type of guy and take him off the field in short yardage situations. Yeah, I think both you guys basically stole my notes as well. So <laughs> I think I'm on the same page. I didn't have him. I think I would have had him probably fourth or fifth. I don't understand how people have got him outside their top 30. That doesn't make sense to me at all. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but... For me, like you said, John, he's got good patience. I think he's got really good athleticism that goes with his size, which is good. Uh, I think he fights his way through contact a lot as well. He's tough to get down at times. Um, Also, like Brad said, he definitely needs to work on his pass blocking, which is a massive thing come the next level for him if he wants to be on the field as much as he can. So it'll be interesting to see how that improves this year. And like you said, John, with Jordan Travis there, it's... It's always tough for a running back in that sort of offense with their pass blocking because you've got to be always ready to get the ball on the handoff and then switch it straight to a pass block as well. So it's tough in that sort of offense to sort of gauge where he's at in a standard type of pass blocking offense. So that'd be interesting to see how it translates this year as well. And then, yeah, I think good, not great speed. 
I think he's got enough speed, though. It'll be interesting to see what his 40 time ends up being. The same with a lot of these guys as well, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I think I've said here, look for him to stamp himself, himself as a top five back this year in college. I think that's definitely something that he'll be come the end of the year. I think he's locked in to be a top five back. I think we'll see him go over a 1,000 yards rushing. Mm. We'll see him in double-digit touchdowns this year. Yeah. So, and can he get more involved in the passing game as well? That'd be an important thing just to see if he can. I think all of those questions are just really reliant on Jordan Travis. Um, I was talking about John Vogel on Twitter, who I do quite like. He is at Draft Vogel on, on Twitter, who he put out his uh, current preseason running back rankings, and so he has ranked them. And I went over through this list like, three or four times and i can't oh, that was, yeah yeah i know the list you told me yeah, i yeah. can't see him anywhere um having said that though there were a bunch of people who all um commented and said like hey watch out for trey benson he's definitely there um so i thought i was crazy and then like i was saying earlier when i listened to nfl stock exchange and trevor sycamore had him number one i was like okay cool i'm not completely insane um brad i do struggle with the deontay foreman comp i just like i'm gonna be honest i don't see it in any way but in my mind deontay foreman reminds me more of like Derek henry than anyone else so yeah it's it's just it's not necessarily like he's going to end up like a deontay foreman it's just his yeah. running style so when i looked at deontay foreman's running style compared with trey benson's his actual running style looks very similar to Deontay Foreman, but that's where I was saying he would be a skinnier, faster version of what Deontay Foreman looks like. That's just that was just my initial thoughts looking at him. Haven't looked as like you know in another six weeks time, I might come back and go, yeah, what was I thinking? There's nothing like Deontay <laughs> Foreman, but it's just that you know when you you know sometimes when you see how someone runs, like for for me, like a guy last year. First time I saw him started looking at his tape was a wide receiver, and I've never been able to get this comp out of my head ever since. Was Kayshawn Booty mm. to me was a faster Jarvis Landry? Oh yeah, okay. I've never been I have never been able to get that out of my head. Just the way he ran and he played, it just reminded me of Jarvis Landry. And I say faster Jarvis, it wasn't that much faster than Jarvis Landry, mm. but it is just his play style. So sometimes I can get comps just play style comps yeah. in my head of, yeah. of some of these guys and it's just hard for me to get the get that out of my head but that's just who my first thought when i saw him i was like oh that's who he reminds me of just his young style all right let's uh race through these last couple of guys um because we <laughs> i was hoping to not go over an hour oh well uh dan let's grab your number three guy or third person you'd like to talk about uh i am really high on braylon allen Yes, it's time. I so I I don't so much have a team when I support college football. It's a chop and change. I've never sort of locked down yeah. a team. But I love yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Green Bay Packer fan. My team changes every season, so yeah. So I'm like Green Bay Packer yeah. fan, Wisconsin. I love the way they play. Yeah, Raylan Allen is so intriguing to me. He's six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds. He's gonna be. If he comes out for that's ninety seventh percentile, just quickly. <laughs> yeah, if he comes out for next year's draft, his entire first season in the NFL, he's going to be twenty years old. Mm. He's he's basically played two years of running back. He played quarterback and he played safety in high school. He was recruited as a linebacker. They weren't sure if he was going to be a linebacker or a safety at college. They decided to play him at running back. He comes out his first two seasons as a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old, over 1,200 yards both years. 
Like that's insane yeah. in age. In that offense, like he had, I saw a stat. He had sixty-one percent of his runs facing an eight-man box. So sixty-one percent of the time, he's got yeah. eight in the box, just smothering him at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it's nuts. That was like Derrick Henry numbers. Yeah. That was ranked fourth in the country against that sort of number. The top three were all the service academies, like Navy, Army, Air Force, mm-hmm. who all just run the ball nonstop. Yeah, and that's all they because that's all they can do. That's yeah, all they know how. So yeah. You take them out of it. He's facing stacked boxes the most in the entire country. And as a 17 and 18 year old, he's put up 1,200 plus yards both seasons. It's just crazy what he's doing to start his college career. He's not perfect by any means. There's a lot that he can improve on. But again, two years of running back. He barely, I don't think he played much of it in high school. So I think the sky's the limit for him as far as what he can still learn. And I think 6'2", 240 pounds. I think he can slim down a little bit when he comes into the NFL, which hopefully gives him that little bit more elusiveness and evasiveness as well. He doesn't have the great lateral movement, which mm. he'll need at the next level. So I think if he can slim down a little bit, keep a bit of his keep his speed because he's got solid speed. I just I'm really intrigued about him at the next level as well. I really I love him. He's been one of my favorite college players for the last two years. Just watching him, so be interesting to see what you guys think of him but yeah i think i'm really excited about what he can become yeah so wisconsin went into the 2021 season thinking ches malusi was going to be like the primary guy and they took one look at braylon allen went nope holy shit that guy he's (laughs) going to be the guy and he just never looked back he took it and ran with it yeah I've found, I've just found the, you might see me smirking. I've just seen the best paragraph I've ever seen written by someone about Praylon Allen. You, I've got to read this out. You're going to love this. Braylon Allen is a natural playmaker at his best with a ball in his hands. Uh, he runs with violence. He's capable of thrashing through tacklers and he has the natural balance to withstand contact. He made Bruce Feldman's freak list rate, ranked number 18. And Bruce Feldman wrote, the 6'2", 235-pounder is already exceptionally powerful, power cleaning 406 pounds, back squatting 610, and bench pressing 365 pounds. In addition, his 10-yard split is also freakishly fast for such a big back going at 1.49 seconds. To me, that's just one of the best paragraphs I've ever <laughs> read about a running back. Is just, I love the, he runs with the violence, but they're just, to me, that's just numbers that it, it, a guy like that size shouldn't be able to do those sorts of things. He's nuts. I'm like, I'm watching him right now. He's nuts. I My comp for him was, you know how like, so we all wanted Debo Samuel so badly to be, and uh, we, we all wanted Debo Samuel to be like the out of the backfield guy who could take it and run. I, Braylon Allen is so big. I can't stop seeing a wide receiver. But for my conference, because of his size and his build and his stature, is Debo Samuel. I'm not, now, I'm not saying he's a Swiss Army knife, but he is like when Debo would get the ball in the backfield, grab it and run and get around defenders and move his hips in a way and just bowl people over and never give up on the play. That's what he is. Like, I think Braylon Allen has every chance to be the number one running back at the end of the season. I was just about to say that to you. They're changing their offense this year. They're going to be a lot more wide open passing attack as well. Yeah. If he can show any side of any sort of receiving upside to his game this year, combined with everything he can do as a runner, I think mm. he's a massive chance of being the first running back taken. 
Yep. And he's got good hands as well. He yeah. can catch the ball yep. uh, in a similar fashion. Now, I don't know what his yards after the catch would be like, and that's where I don't think he's like Debo at all. But he um, he is, I think he's the one running back in this entire class who is pro-ready. Like, he is NFL-ready right now. Um, I'd be really interested to see what he runs in um, the combine for his 40-yard dash. Yeah. yeah. Like you were saying, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, and my other, like, it looks like Jonathan Taylor all over again is the way I see him. Um, he's one of, I'm trying to think of who the fourth person is, but Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, James White, and one other running back, the only, um, freshman in Wisconsin history to have over a thousand yards, um, in their first year. Was it Melvin Gordon? Ron Dane. Ron Ron Dane. Dane, That's it. No, Melvin Gordon played at, um, Washington. Yeah. Washington. Well, yeah. Is it D? Maybe. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Get, we'll get research onto it. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Braylon Allen is exciting. I don't find him to be the fastest guy, the most explosive. And like you were saying, like his lateral movement, it's just not there. But I think that's just because of his size. Yeah. Um, and honestly, in his game, I don't think he needs it too much. And I think a lot of it comes him. down to just inexperience of not growing up playing running back. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a complete different position for him so there's so much for him to learn and the fact he's doing it at such a young age and like i said he'll come into the nfl and he's going to be 20 years old for the entire season mm. so by the time he gets to his second contract if, if he's not a first round pick by the time he gets to his second contract he's going to be 24. so i think the upside for braylon allen is extremely high yeah melvin melvin gordon was wisconsin yeah sorry he was cool it's the um just looking at melvin gordon's i know i'm taking a quick sidetrack god he was an incredible college athlete his last year 14 games he played 343 rushing attempts 2,587 yards <laughs> at a 7.5 um, average yard per carry with 29 touchdowns in his senior season. He was a top 15 pick, wasn't he? He was pick 15. He was... So what we're saying is Wisconsin like their running backs to stay in the program oh, yeah. a long time. Running back university almost. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, if he's uh, anything like the other Wisconsin backs... um. He should uh, have a good career. He's in really good company. And he was my number four guy. And even just talking about him now, I'm like, I need to bump him up, man. I would I would take him over Donovan Edwards. What am I talking about? 100%. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. That's it. He's number three. <laughs> he already is right now. Um, yeah. Any Anything else on Braylon Allen? No. no. I love him. I'm, I can't wait to see where he goes. I hope he gets that workhorse role at the NFL level. Exciting. Um, my number five guy which we don't need to spend too much time on because this is where I start to think like um, it really could, you could start to clump a few guys in here, but I do think Raheem Sanders is just rocket Sanders, just a, a little bit above these other guys at Arkansas. And similar to the, what I was saying about Florida state, I think him and KJ Jefferson make just such an awesome, like it's like two guys are just constantly punching the defense in the face. Um, he's got really good um, physicality, I think, which we don't see in a lot of these other guys. I also just particularly like that his size, you know, like it just seems like the NFL is moving to the like smaller running back is how I kind of feel. Just the smaller receiver, like the smaller type players, smaller quarterbacks. Like we start to see, you know, more Bryce Young types, more Kyler types, more um, 
Devonta Smith types and Tank Dell types. Like, but so the, like Raheem Sanders to me, 6'2", 225. He's one of sort of like those, um, you don't see them too often, the, the full size guy that you really like to see. At Arkansas last season, 222 rushing attempts, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, 250 yards um, from scrimmage, so 270 through the air as well and two touchdowns. So he was still catching a few passes out of the backfield with KJ Jefferson at the helm. Um, I'm excited to see what he can become. I actually think if he has a really, really good season this year, I would not be surprised if he jumps into the first round just because of his physical size, his build, and his sort of play style. I think a lot of um, a lot of NFL teams will like that sort of like run the rock mentality. Yeah, I, I haven't really watched too much of him, so I can't really comment on any of that. But what have you have you you've looked at him a bit, Dan, haven't you? Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see what you think when you watch him because I can see where John's coming from and I understand the same a lot of the time on what he said, but for me for someone that's 622 I had him at 227 but for someone at that size I just found he almost conceded to the, the winter the defender too often I didn't think he used his size to his advantage as much as he, as much as he should have mm. I think there was a lot of times where you watch him running and he sort of instead of barging through the defender he almost kind of just raced for the contact instead of initiating it and I think I found that far too often with him in the tape that I was watching so I think he needs to get a lot better at that because at that size he should be trying to steamroll defenders especially defensive backs and that sort of thing which we've seen we know he can do it he's done it we watched him do it on tape but just not often enough for my liking I think he danced behind the line of scrimmage a little too much as well he was patient but at times he was a little too patient but I think he sort of saw the gap in time when he should have seen it and just powered through it so i think he can improve on that as well but the overall base of what he can do as a running back is really exciting for me he's just got to work on that because he's got the good vision he's got the good patience but he just needs to i think hit it a lot quicker his comp for me and this is what i thought was probably the closest comp comp out of any of these guys was demarco murray oh no sorry darren mcfadden McFadden. upright he's an upright runner and i actually think that that kind of old school running back playing style might turn a few fantasy players off him because they might sort of they want sort of like the new kind of hotness like the elusive the breaking tackles yeah yeah. he's upright he'll run into people he'll push them off him sort of like stiff arm derrick henry style it's not always going to work in fact probably it'll only work like four times out of ten but when it does work it's awesome yeah i really like him i've got him in my top five as well so and like you said he's He's got good hands in the receiving game. So for someone that size to be able to be used in the receiving game is a massive plus for him. So I'm excited to see how he goes this season. I'm excited to see how Arkansas go this season. So see where he ends up at the end of the year. Who else have you got on your list, John? Anyone else that you really want to talk about here? So that was my number five. That was Dan's number five. So let's just sort of power through these last couple of guys and then we'll close out the show. Because I don't think we can end, we can't end this show without at least mentioning Bucky Irving. I think from Oregon. Now he is, there's no way about it. He's small. He's 5'10, 190. He's really small. But man, he is just, he is just a shot out of a cannon. He is just like a cat on cold water. He will just get in all sorts of angles, run around defenders. Like, and when I say run around defenders, I mean like he runs around people. I think he has explosive speed that most people don't see coming. Um, Dan, I'd be interested to see because you had a bit of a bromance for Bucky Irving through the week. Yeah, I like him. I don't, I don't like the size, but mm. I think in today's NFL, you can get away with being that size. 
depending how they use it. And he he's not going to be a guy that they're looking to run between the tackles an awful lot, especially at the next level. They're going to try and get him to the outside as quick as they possibly can. So I think you'll see him on a lot of toss plays and that sort of thing. And like I said, he's got really good speed, which you hope he does at that size. Mm. But he started off – so his freshman year he was at Minnesota. He had a good season there. I think he had 600-plus yards at Minnesota in his freshman season. And then he comes to Oregon. 700. 699. 700. Okay. Yeah. So and then he comes to Oregon and he puts up, I think it was 1,200-plus yards. Uh, he put up – I was just looking at – yeah, 11, uh, 1050. 1050. Okay. So – He's shown he goes over a thousand yards, and to go over a thousand yards in that Oregon offense when you've got Bo Nix also taking up a lot of running. Yeah, I should clarify. I mean, rushing all all up, he had uh, yeah. like fourteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. So for him to go over a thousand yards in that offense is a really good thing. And the way they use him, they try and get him to the outside a lot to use that speed on the outside. I think he's comfortable in the passing game. Like in the receiving game, they can use him as a weapon there. And he, they can use him as a pass blocker as well, which for his size, I think he's got pretty good power. So using him in the passing pass blocking game isn't a disadvantage, which is massive for him coming into the next level. And then I think I, I think he tried to bounce it outside too often though. Mm, yeah. I think that was his first thought to bounce it outside. And I think he gave up a lot of plays doing that. But again, that's his game. So that's how he plays. So... Keen to see what NFL teams think of him because I don't think he'll be a day two pick. I think he'll be more your fourth, fifth kind of round pick. Yeah, he would. I, I've got him probably as like a fifth, sixth round pick. Yeah. yeah, I think you could see him go anywhere late fourth all the way to even round seven. Almost like a Juice Vaughn type from this year's draft gone by. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 funny, that, it's funny that you mentioned it. You were saying you are worried about his size and you, you said he was, what, 5'10", five, 190? Five, I got him 194, yep. so we're looking at a couple of different sides. But, yeah. but even so, I mean, speaking of Juice Vaughn, last year he he came into the combine. He was 5'5". Five, five. And 179 pounds. He's that small. He's one of the shortest players in the NFL. He's five foot five. He's 179 pounds. But then if you also look at this last year's draft, Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback, got drafted to Washington and he's 6'1", 166 pounds. Mm. So I don't think... And that's where I think these last couple of years have really broken the mould for a bunch of these NFL teams. For sure. Previously, like I think you think 20 years ago, no one would have drafted Kyler Murray number one overall at that size. Yeah. As a quarterback, you know, people were still saying like, you know, Drew Brees, oh, is he going to be good because he's too short? You know, that that was all coming through. Like, so I don't think that's as much of a size concern. Like a concern. Some teams will still have their their thresholds that they need people to, yeah. to select. Like, you know, Green Bay is very... um. Yeah, with their wide receivers, they've got to be they've got to meet certain thresholds, otherwise they yeah. won't look at them. <laughs> so I think you'll have some teams who will have that sort of thing, but he will be, you know, I think it's not going to be as many teams who are worried about that as as maybe what there was 20 years ago. Brad, you're almost making me wish that we were doing a show on corners and safeties because I know what you mean. It's like these are like Tariq Woolen type, Source Gardner, like 
Lewis seen, uh, who was the Minnesota guy, Booth? Um, Andrew Booth, Jr. Andrew Booth as well. Like, yeah, they're, they're all small. I think a corner you can get away with it because you need speed these days is what people are learning. I do think at running back you do need, like, a little bit more size. But, ch- like, check out this with Bucky Irving. Last season, um, in the passing game, three catches, 30 yards, three catches, 57 yards, three catches, 61 yards. And that was against UCLA and Cal as well. And, of course, like, one of his most, like, well-known now highlight plays against Oregon State in week 12. That game on the line catch that he had out of the backfield um, towards the end was like insane. It'll probably go down as like one of the all-time catches from last season on the highlights reel. But I did want to mention Bucky Irving. um, And then the other guy we can't leave here without talking about as well, I thought was Will Shipley out of Clemson. Um, Will Shipley and Myan Williams as well. Yeah, so that's interesting. I I don't have Mayan Williams, but I'm also like I was maybe a bit late to it. I am willing to hear it as well, and that's from me who watched a lot of Ohio State last season. Um, Will Shipley, I sort of had a comp for him as like a smaller Austin Eckler at five eleven two hundred. And before you go thinking, oh great, Austin Eckler is awesome. He's like number two in fantasy. I'm talking Austin Eckler, undrafted free agent. Austin Eckler was my comp for him. Um, so yeah, just to, don't get that confused. Uh, nearly 1,200 yards last season, 15 touchdowns. He had a lot of goal line work in yeah. Cle- Clemson. Um, we talked about the other week with DJ Young Um, Definitely some explosive long runs as well. The hurdle goal touchdown was cool to watch. I really enjoyed it. But man, he could not outrun any safety. I didn't like rarely, unless it was a busted coverage, I didn't see him outrun one safety. So I'll be interested to see how they go this season. Who's playing quarterback at Clemson again? I can't remember off the top of my head. I have to think about it. I'll come back to it. But look, they're probably going to rely a lot on him in the run game. I just, I don't, shit. I think like, you know, if you told me he was a second round pick, I believe it. And if you told me he was a six round pick, I believe it. (laughs) Well, that's it. Like at his size, you expect him to be faster, but he's just not. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, exactly. he doesn't run away from anyone. He's always getting caught. Yeah. Which is a massive concern for someone like him going to the next level. But where I think he stands out is he's probably of the sort of top guys that you talk about a lot in your top 10 to 15 kind of thing. He's probably the best receiving back in the class from what I've seen so far. And I think that's where he's going to make his money in the NFL is that receiving game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to use him in the running game. It's just I don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL. But watching him at Clemson, there's a he's highly rated for a reason. Yeah, and like you say, he's got amazing patience, amazing vision. Yeah, for his size, he's actually got really good power. I found. Yep, which I was surprised about. I didn't expect that when I was watching him. So there is a lot to like about him, but I just don't know how his game's going to translate to the next level outside of the passing game. Yeah, uh, Clemson quarterback is Cade Klubnik. Klubnik? Oh, that's it. Cade yeah. Klubnik. Yeah, okay. Klubnik. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's he he'll be the Clemson uh, QB. Yeah. Didn't talk about him last week for a reason. Um, May Mayan Williams. Did you want to just touch on him, Dan, for a brief moment? Yeah, he's one of my favorite players to watch because he's just like Brad was saying earlier about Braylon Allen. He's just violent. Mm. He just hits people. And it's awesome to watch. He's got the size. He's 5'9", 225 pounds. He has that speed to him 
for his size, he's got good speed. It's not amazing, but it's good enough. He needs to be, I think, quicker in the short area game. But when you got that sort of power, he's impossible to wrap up. And then you look at him, what was I saying? He's got a little bit of wiggle to his run, not a lot. Yeah. But he just finds a hole and he hits it and he powers through it. And I was when I was watching him, I don't do a lot of comps at the moment to NFL players and that, but when I was watching him, it just reminded me of the way Damian Pierce plays. Mm. Where he's just violent. He hits a gap. He's hard to bring down. Like you don't like tackling players like that. He's always breaking a tackle, getting to the second level. I just think it's going to be really interesting how NFL teams view him because he's that prototypical power back, and he can be used in the passing game as well. Like I think he ran a fair few routes at at Ohio State, and he didn't look out of place when he was doing it. So I think he's yeah. got that to his game. So I think he can cover a fair amount of bases for an NFL team, and it'll be interesting to see how they view him come draft day. It'll be interesting to see how he tests come the combine because I think that could make or break him big time. Yeah. So you look at him and Travion Henderson in the backfield, I think those two have the most amount to gain this year as far as draft capital goes. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, this Ohio State team this season is going to be really interesting with Kyle McCord at quarterback, I'm assuming. Um, they're, they're probably going to be more of, like, a run-first team at this stage. It will be Travion Henderson so, yeah. and Mayan Williams. Um, and Ohio State's always produced good running backs, but I kind of see this more as a, um, like, a J.K. Dobbins and Trey Sermon sort of situation where, like, I, I J.K. Dobbins was clearly more talented at the time, whereas I, I see I see Travion Henderson as a more talented Mayan Williams version, even though, like, he does look good in that system. I love you comp for like Damian Pierce. I'd even say like Isaiah Pacheco. And the reason I sort of say like, I see those two running backs very similarly because they're very like theatrical in their running. Damian yeah, Pierce yeah. did not did not do a lot of what he did last year in college. And that's why I think a lot of people were like, whoa, where did this come from? Um, and it's because it's because it comes across more as theater than it does uh, actual playing style. I don't see it overly sustainable. Um, and I think it can become also like a bit predictable. And it's quite, sort of what you're saying, like they can sort of like dance around a little bit without actually just doing the job that they need to do. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. my only knock on Mayan Williams as well. So yeah. what you're saying is Mayan Williams, when he gets into the NFL, will feature consistently on Kyle Brandt's um, angry run segment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll be there yeah. weekly. He'll It'll be, be the week. angriest two yards you've ever seen. <laughs> that's the thing it's it's he's gonna he's gonna have a highlight reel of angry runs but maybe not necessarily hugely productive runs well i think the kind the thing is with him you're gonna have to feed him because the more he gets the more ball he gets the better he's gonna be because he's gonna wear down the defense whether teams use a player like him in the nfl that way i'm not sure i don't think i ohio state will now either but yeah you just kind of he's gonna be that guy that wears down the defense and he may not get the big plays out of it. The guy that comes in to spell him will be, but he's going to be the guy that just hammers players and just softens them up for that big play to come from someone else probably, which is a shame. But A couple of other just final running backs to maybe like keep a single eye on here as we uh, enter the 2023 season. Um, I've got Trevor Etienne at Florida might be worth watching. We didn't talk too much about Frank Gore at all. I think kind of for good reason might also be yeah, kind of it's, watching. It's a tough one with him. 
Yeah. Marshawn Lloyd, I was sort of looking a little bit. I'll be watching USC anyway, but I think it might be worth watching Marshawn Lloyd just a touch. Trey Sanders at TCU has been getting a a little bit of uh, late hype as well going into the season. Yeah. but yeah, outside of that, I think that I think there's a really good. Oh, and Noah Whittington, I also quite like out of Oregon um, as well. I've been watching um, a good group of guys. Uh, like, and then there is sort of like a, a bit of a drop off. But like I was saying at the top of the show, I would not be surprised if someone that we didn't even talk about today just sort of shoots up and has this go, completely goes off this season, and we're all talking about him. So, boys uh, on Rashin Ali. From Marshall as well. Oh, someone else was talking about him. I was watching a bit of uh, late re- research as well. If I catch a Marshall game, I might look out for him as well. Yeah, someone we'll talk about later in the year, I think. Yeah, it could pop up. That's going to do it for running backs. Another fantastic show to, to uh, look out for. And I'm, uh, you know what I also really love about doing these is I feel like I'm doing homework and now I'm going into the season like with a wealth of knowledge and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I've yeah, got yeah. my guys that I really want to watch. I've got my games yeah. that I know that I want to watch. Definitely. 100%. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at John Lloyd Roberts. You can follow Brad at Bratball one and you can follow Dan on Twitter as well at beard underscore 82. And don't forget to follow, of course, NFL Lab Network on Twitter. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe. Dan, just give me one sec. No, actually, you go. No, no, you finish off, mate. Like and subscribe the video. I really want that. We've had a good boost in the last week. It's been really good. Uh, True Blue Bowl. Yes. If you want to join a charity NFL Fantasy League, hit me up on Twitter, like John said, at beard underscore 82. The True Blue NFL Charity Bowl is something that I've organised for this year. We got it underway last Sunday. We got it underway for the first league. There'll be. I'm hoping to get a few more leagues up and running. We're trying to get a couple more leagues filled. If you want to jump into a best ball league, for charity, this is your chance to do it. It's supporting Beyond Blue and also Black Dog Institute. I'm going to split the funds between those two foundations. Basically, they're directed towards mental health, which is a massive thing for me personally, and I know it is for a whole lot of other people as well. So I wanted to do something this year where I could raise money and spread that for everyone and just get everyone involved or as many people involved as I can for another charity league, which I love doing. I love joining charity leagues, so I thought, why not set one up and hopefully we can get as many people into it as we can. Nice. And uh, guys, as well, um, you'll be seeing every Saturday, the Saturday Air Raid will be coming out and keep your eye out. We've got some more shows that will be coming soon. Uh, My show, the Brad Bolt Show, will start coming back soon. We're going to start looking at... Oh, yeah. We're going to start looking at some divisions. We're going to start looking at some divisions, and this is going to be more focused on your NFL day-to-day as opposed to your fantasy. So if you'd like to hear something about your favourite team or the division or anything like that, we've got that. We're looking at having some big guests come on throughout the year. I can't say who yet. We'll keep that in. We'll keep that as a teaser for the season going forward. You'll be able to catch these guys. They've got other shows. We've got other shows coming on. Dan's going to have one that's going to be coming out soon once the training camp sort of comes around towards the conclusion and we start getting close to the season. Yep, John, focused on rookies during the season, so... Look out for that. John's going to have a great little betting show that's going to be coming out soon. So if you'd like to try and win some money and just learn a little <laughs> bit learn a little bit through... Don't know about winning money. 
<laughs> but if you'd like to see a little bit of that, um, please keep your eye on uh, on everything. As John said, like and subscribe on these videos. Keep an eye out on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, soon, hopefully soon, you'll start seeing your feeds flooded with brand new shows from the NFL Lab Network. Yeah, when it comes to betting, I, I don't like to say winning as much as I like to say, I like playing the game inside of the game. <laughs> Win or lose, mainly lose. Hey, next week, wide receivers. If you thought quarterbacks was good, if you thought running backs this show was good, wide receivers next week is going to be awesome. There is a few good ones I'm excited for. Gen- gentlemen, enjoy the weekend ahead. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate your time. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.